535 Cambridge 105 Radio and uh, as I've been mentioning uh, it's the Jazz Festival this weekend and uh, we've been having some live performances in the studio this week and I'm currently joined in the studio now by Andy Bowie is that that's right, but Andy, right? Yes, that's okay. Right, yeah. Thank you. Rare, <laughs> you were saying that no, right. no one ever gets that one right. Um, so, Andy, uh, we got a little. We'll have a bit of a chat. You're going to spend about ten or ten-ish, fifteen minutes with us, if I can uh, twist your arm to do so. And uh, you're going to do a couple of performances for us. Let's start. Let's set the tone. And uh, you're going to do a track now, which. Um, you think some jazz aficionados out there might recognise? They should recognise it. Yeah. fantastic um that's amazing that's such a beautiful sound actually it's really um very like mellow kind of soft sound to it it should be good it costs a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> and it's warmed up a little bit in here as well yeah so it's also it's much easier to play when it's warm yeah i can imagine yeah. so andy i mean i i know your name like you've been uh, uh, you've been sort of gigging and jazz gigging around the city for years right yeah, I mean, I, even as an undergraduate, I was an undergraduate here, I played then. Then I came back in 1980 to teach at Anglia. What then was CCAT, uh, the tech, as it used to be known, Anglia Ruskin. And I stayed there for 19 years. Um, and about the second year I arrived from there, I started playing quite regularly at the Man on the Moon, just up the road. Mm -hmm. And since then, um, sometime towards the end of the 80s, we started a Sunday gig in the area, and we've done that ever since, apart from the years I've been away. Mm. Um, so the last one is the, the Tram Depot where we're playing on Sunday. And we've played there for over 10 years. So, um, But we play lots of other places as well. Yeah. Uh, what, 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 do you, what did you teach at Anglia? Is it, was it music or...? No, no, I taught um, philosophy. Uh, now that ties in quite nicely, I think. Philosophy and jazz—they like they quite they they complement each other, don't they? Yeah. No. I mean, I've written a huge book on music and um, philosophy, a lot of which is based on the experience of playing jazz and trying to figure out what how you philosophize but by playing music. I mean, I'm not that interested in what philosophy tells us about music. Cause I don't think it tells us very much. <laughs> I think music tells us more about things than philosophy does, can, as it were. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. What's the title of the book? It's called Music, Philosophy and Modernity. Mm, I'm going to have to look that one up. Uh, that, we just, we just stumbled there. I've retired now. Uh, I was at Royal Holloway for the last 15, no, 18 years, I think. Um, so I'm going to write a more popular book on philosophy and music. 
Um, Brilliant. I love it. I love your. I love the sound of your life. You're writing. You're a jazz aficionado. You've been gigging around the city uh, for as many years as possible. I mean, you've got um, not one, not two, but three gigs coming up for yeah. the uh, jazz festival. Um, what I notice is that uh, you play as a quartet, so four members, and you also play as a trio. I mean, apart from numbers. Like, what's the difference there? What, what, what's the trio missing? What's the, what's the quartet bringing? Or well, how know, do you break that down? What the trio is doing is, is yeah. being quieter. <laughs> so it's a bit more mellow, a bit more it's in the background. It's a bit background. more laid back. It's a smaller venue and it's a cafe. And we're sort of, it's, we'll be more the focus than, than the eating. But there was at the tram depot, we're playing f- full into people's faces, as it were. And so they're, they're focusing on the band and they have no choice because we're quite loud. <laughs> We're not oh, that loud. Okay. Don't ampli- I don't amplify ever. Um, no, I ran into a bit of an issue um, on Monday with your friends, uh, Chorus de Samba, because he came along with his electric guitar and we <laughs> didn't quite know how to uh, do the tech, so uh, needed to ask him for acoustic, but we're not having that problem this evening and I'm no. loving that. Uh, you've obviously been part of the Jazz Festival here at Cambridge. Uh, in the How many years has it been going now? I don't... I can't mean to look this up. I don't know, to be honest. Is, um, it, is, it, an, is it a, a festival which uh, impressed you straight away? How did it come about? Has it grown? It started by local musicians. I mean, the pianist in my quartet has been involved in it. I think he's less involved now because he's too busy. Mm. Kevin Flanagan, who's one of the main organisers, who's probably the best sax player, one of the two best sax players in town. That doesn't include me. There are two (laughs) world-class players in town. He's been big on running it. And I it's, it's been getting quite some time. It was interrupted yeah. by COVID, of course, like everything else. Yes. Um, but it, it's grown, and it's great because it, it combines sort of international stars with you know giving a boost to the local scene. Yes, yes. And there's quite a few people on the local scene who are international class anyway. Um, Give us a couple of names there that we can uh, keep keep an um, eye out for. Well, them. Kevin Flanagan is one. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one that I most admire is my friend Sam Miles, um, who's a, another sax player. Who was at the Royal Academy? He he won. He, they only have one sax player a year. He got a first class degree there, and he won the instrumental prize. Wow. It's very special. Wow! And he's he's here. He lives in Ely now, but he had, he just used to live just up the road. Did, did he did he sort of gig around town as well? Yeah, he yes, he does. I mean, he's he's about. I think they're about to have a baby, so he's slightly cutting down. But yeah, he he, he plays. I think he plays at the. The lab uh, sometimes. Oh, used to, okay. we, he and I used to play a lot together. We quite often played. We were going to play together at the tram depot, but he's a bit worried about if the baby arrives. Yeah, um, fair enough. Fair enough. Interesting. Well, um, we have to take a quick break now uh, because it's five forty, and I should take a look at the travel for the final time this evening. But you're not going anywhere. Uh, we've got a little bit more to chat about, and definitely one more performance for us. Thank you. Uh, we are back in the studio. It's home with me, Lucy Milazzo, on Cambridge 105 Radio. I thought that we would just go back to the jazz, actually. We'll have some songs um, after Andy's had to leave. Uh, we were talking about some really exceptional jazz musicians right here in the city. Yeah. Sorry, I put your mic back up. And um, they're, they're around and we can catch them. And some of them are playing at the jazz festival in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, Kevin's playing at Hot Numbers sometime um, next week no this week I think I, no it will be next week mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Um, he's playing there um, I say I don't know whether Sam is going to play or not um, okay they're the two sort of standout people right and so um, how often are you playing jazz around the city 
It varies. I mean, it, it, the problem is always venues, and we were playing regularly at um, the Tipsy Vegan, but that's closed because the, because the rent was too high, I suspect. Yes. We did that for a year. So we played 10 years at the Tram Depot. We're playing... We play once a month at the Venetian where we're doing one of the, the festival gigs. Now, uh, where is the Venetian? It's just to the right of the station. It's about the first thing that you come to on, to the right. It's a lovely, it really is a great Italian restaurant. Ah, the little sort of Italian, which is um, the, the train station that you walk where the bus, the, the newish bus station is. There's a couple of uh, little... No, it's, for, no, it's, it's up the other... It's, if, if you're walking towards the station, you just turn to the right. Parallel, it's exactly yes. the same line as the station. Lovely. So Same you're you're there yeah. quite regularly. We were there every first Thursday of the month, and the next one next the week, week after next. Brilliant. And and I know uh, that you're regularly at the tram depot as well. Uh, you got one other um, place that you're playing um, for the. F- Jazz, but oh, this you're here fortnightly as well. This is that. Uh, that's, that's, at the tram depot. that's the tram depot. Yeah. I know that I saw three. Uh, there's yeah, the, and then we're playing twice at the tram. Oh, depot. twice at the tram yeah. depot. Got it. Got it. We play. We play that every other week anyway. We're doing a special program for each. As it okay. And um, now another question I had for you, um, jazz. It can be kind of like uh, um, uh, what's the word? Some people love it. Love it. Some people like weirdly, passionately hate it. <laughs> and I find they're the people who don't know anything about jazz. So why? Why is there such a weird, strong reaction to from some people who think it's just I think it's you know, very straightforward. It's that if they just like basic, you know, pop, rock pop music, you get a, a a fairly simple scheme of things. You get a simple, fairly simple melody, etc. Whereas any good jazz, there's nothing repeated. I mean, half the the battle of when you're improvising is to try not to repeat yourself. Whereas songs repeat themselves. I mean, half the point is to get back to the song. Whereas in jazz, you play the the head, as they call it, the song at the beginning, and you play yeah. it at the end, like I did on the thing that I just played just now. But the interesting bit is what happens in the middle. And people that can't follow it and don't hear it just, you know, just think it doesn't make any sense. So that's so it's it's kind of like a a, a mental meltdown. They're they're expecting a chorus. They're expecting yeah. something to be able to tap along to. And because jazz doesn't have that, it's they have this very strong reaction. Yeah. No. I mean, okay. Tasty. It takes getting used to them, I and I didn't like jazz particularly until I heard a friend of mine improvising at school when I was about 16, and suddenly thought, wow, you know, I was playing the clarinet, and he, you know, that turned me on to it. I so yeah. started listening to hum- Humphrey Littleton, you probably remember him, used to do, um, I, I haven't got a clue, that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he, his programme on a Sunday night I, was just brilliant. I actually ended up playing with him once. <gasps> Um, what in the nineties? Amazing! 90s, it, that must have been an amazing experience for you because this was the man who you yeah, introduced you to this part of your yeah, life. No, he was lovely. He was a lovely man. I mean, he was everyone loved him. He was just great, and he was a very good trumpet player and a great organizer. A friend of mine played in his band for years. Um, lovely. But he was wonderful. Yeah. Um, so for those people who don't like jazz, don't think it's for them, uh, uh, give us a little. Um, can, is there a musician, a type of jazz that they sh- might want to listen to, to to open the mind a little bit? Louis a, Armstrong. A Louis Armstrong is a great... Yeah, I mean, he kind of invented jazz in a way. Nobody was playing such free solos and so on, and as a solo, the solo was the important thing. And up to then, it was everyone improvising together in a very narrow framework. So I'd try Louis Armstrong, especially the stuff towards the end of the 1920s, 
some of which is just out of this world. Mm. And then Duke Ellington, because he writes great tunes, mm. so that you, know, you can get hooked on the tunes. When you sort of get through that, then you start trying the harder stuff when things changed in jazz, which is Charlie Parker, which is that tune I just played, oh. um, which is more eccentric, more yeah. odd, more angular and so on. Okay. And what? he changed the, you know, the vocabulary completely. Miles Davies always comes up for yeah, me. Yeah, played with... With, I think on that track even. Why is Miles Davis such a, a well... Why is he a well, he properly well-known? Well he's supposed to do, really, which is constantly innovate. Oh. I mean, he started off playing bebop, that sort of style I played at the beginning, with Parker. And then he sort of moved into playing what's known as modal jazz. He virtually <laughs> invented it, which is playing over scales in a certain way. I mean, right. Nobody would understand the, the, the description if I tried now. Um, and that revolutionised things. And he played with John Coltrane, who was the other yeah. innovator. Um, and then he moved into sort of playing funk and all that sort of stuff. And he kept up completely with whatever was going on and, and added to it. Right. Um, so he was remarkable, and he's you know he never stood still. Amazing. And all the great jazz musicians, really, especially the more modern ones, have done that. Coltrane was astonishing like that. He started off playing like Parker sort of thing, mm -hmm. and by the end he was playing you know completely free and stuff that even I find quite hard to listen to. to be <laughs> okay. Um, but it's still interesting. But yes. Until shortly before that, he gets it's always interesting. It's always passionate. It's always you know. He's probably my favourite musician overall. So, so just, just think about that for it. So it's, it's all improvisation. D does that mean when it's recorded, how do they ever do it again? Because it's all... Well, you have to do the whole track again. You, you have to do the whole track again. But is it, is it always going to sound the same? No. No, so it never sounds the no, same. There are quite a few jazz records where they have X different versions of the same tune from a session. Gosh, that is amazing. If, if the great musicians are playing. There's, a, there's a, a, a series of CDs with Coltrane and Miles playing in Europe. And they only play about six tunes on God knows how many concerts, and everyone is t it's completely different, especially Coltrane, who every solo is unlike the last one. Wow. And that, that's the thing that people have to get into, is you get the sort of sense of what it's supposed to sound like, mm. and then mm. enjoy the... And then know, just accept the, the freedom yeah, around it, it a little bit. Enjoy the sense of, you know, you're going to get the unexpected. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, honestly, I could really talk to you for like so much longer, but we are running out of time. And uh, you did say you're going to do another track for us, just to uh, give us a little bit of a taster. But you're going to do something quite special for us on this. You, you, you say it. I'll mess it up. Well, this is rather than improvising over a tune. I'm just going to improvise rather than the way that I practice a lot. Of the, a lot of time I do practice scales and all that. But uh, you just play around, see what comes out, try notes following us in a different way, and try and get out of the habits that you've got into. Okay. Which is, you know, so it's kind of free improvisation. So you're going to do free improvisation for us now. Uh, so that this is something you've never... i better after two pints. <laughs> so we've not heard this one, but this is like absolute exclusive. Knowing full well that you may never play this again. I certainly won't play it again, because I won't be able to remember any of it. <laughs> I mean, well, I can send you a recording, if you like. <laughs> 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 Lovely. Okay, Andy, I'm really excited for this. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much. I need I need like a little um, a, a clappy uh, audience. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to add that to the thing for the next week. The clapometer, exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much. Andy, I really appreciate uh, it. Thanks for having me, yeah. yeah. Uh, please remind me of the title of your book. Music, Philosophy and Modernity. That, that's, uh, that's from 2007. All right, I'm going to find a copy of um, that. I've written more, slightly more popular things on German philosophy. Oh, you know, more Oxford popular University things Press. on German philosophy. Um, you know that series, Very Short Introductions, that Oxford University Press did? Yes. I did the one on German philosophy. Okay. And another one on a bloke nobody's ever heard Amazing. of. Amazing. You're a very interesting man, Andy. I, we might need to get you back for like a bit more of an expose kind of uh, yeah. interview sometime. Interspersed. I'm, re- I'm retired, so I can <laughs> Brilliant. Andy, That's thank you so, so much. Uh, so I'm just going to give you a quick shout out. So if you want to hear more from Andy Bowie, uh, music-wise, uh, uh, you can catch him on Sunday at the Tram Depot um, from 8pm. Tickets, free entry, love that. Uh, You can also find him at the Venetian on the 23rd of November and then back at the Tram Depot on the 26th of November. And I'm wishing you a wonderful weekend, possibly with sprinkled with a little bit of jazz. And I'll see you back here 4pm for Home on Monday where we take things down a notch and enjoy a little bit of peace and quiet.